2: <laughs> and it's officially the league's best of NBA week, and we've got the absolute perfect guest to celebrate some of the great moments as we are joined by NBA historian and author of From Hang Time to Primetime, Pete Croado.
6: I'm Miles Gray. And I'm Jack O'Brien. And this is. Miles, Miles and Jack, how about Excellent opener. Yeah, yeah. You like Did you one? get the 24 reference? The-
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you, Jack Bauer. I'm Jack O'Bauer my, in my the building. AKI. Yeah, there it is. Should have known.
6: What a show. Hey, <laughs> speaking of what a show, Pete, welcome to our show. Yes. Uh, but, the best, most informed NBA podcast. hmm.
7: A pleasure to be here i, I didn't know I, I was expected to know uh 24 i would have uh, caught up on uh, seasons like three through uh 35
6: so. right yeah uh, <laughs> that's when it gets them. really good you can tell <laughs> that's when it really starts showing that they're making it up as they go along yeah. <laughs> um so i don't think the time's <laughs> adding <laughs> up exactly yeah it took them seven really hours to go across town. Hmm. real soap opera writer's room vibes <laughs> in some of the later seasons um but that's but, not what...
2: I mean, we could do... I mean, look, if we want... what Do you want to just change this to a 24?
6: <laughs> a 24 show? <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, episode 24, all about the show 24. <laughs> they never saw it coming.
7: I can help you out for the first two seasons, and then that's right. I, I,
6: it. I just... You got I out at the right time. Oh, did I? Time. I mean,
7: I. it just got... I mean, from what I understand, it got better and better and better. <laughs> you know, they. But I don't know. Apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm not hip to the scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Um.
6: <laughs> no. Real 24 heads feel like it was season one and two were the peak oh they're like oh, yeah you know what they're it amazing. also did it gave me an early tip tip off when so the writers of that went on to write and like show run um home what, what was homeland what's the one homeland yeah yeah that makes and sense. i saw the second they brought someone back from the dead i was like oh this is they don't know what they're doing <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is just gonna like they're doing the same process where they write as they go along right um so, anyways, uh, <laughs> see you got to taste them right. For podcasts. sponsoring our twenty four <laughs> podcast, um, so your book, man, uh, yeah. from Hang Time to so Prime good. Time, so much thank fun. You. Thank yeah. you so much for sending a copy. Oh, uh, with a handwritten note class act yes oh well you know i uh, appreciate um, you
7: you know it's funny the book has been out for two years and my my handwriting is has gotten like five percent better so oh, oh nice. really
6: that's better you honor yeah it. damn man <laughs> <I'm>, I, know, <laughs> I'm no, I know
7: i'm no i'm no longer writing them in my car while i drive so it's, it's right it's, it's marked improvement so no uh, happy to yeah, i'm happy to that was uh but i think uh I think uh, Jabari will well, set that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, you super thank Jabari.
2: producer, no, Jabari, yes.
6: one of the greats.
2: But, yeah, like, you know, the book is called, you know, the business, entertainment, and the birth of the modern day mm-hmm. NBA. And I think when Jack and I were talking about this, I'm like, there's an interesting moment that I figured that is very instructive to the NBA as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I was saying earlier off mic, I was like, my consciousness begins in the Stern era of the NBA. Yeah. So I knew. As I was a kid, Showtime Lakers was like the biggest thing. I'm like five years Mm old. Mm -hmm. And going going on, I had no idea what the road was to even the modern NBA. And you talk about this moment in 1978 where CBS was basically planning to get rid of the NBA. And I'm just curious if you can just kind of lay the sort of foundation because I think it's a really interesting moment and one that we don't realize how, you know, this sport could have gone from like an afterthought to one of the most popular things on i the came
6: so close to wearing golf spikes everywhere instead of jordan's you know <laughs> you still wear that weird
2: hat with like the little fuzzy the little thing on yeah. top yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean poles
7: cool. K- would have been like the uh you know like our foot lockers in our yeah, right, nba right. store <laughs> um yeah no i mean that I, look i'm the same way like i i started getting the nba like in 1990 1991 like when jordan was like just getting into his his peak as a as a champion and and the myth was really starting to percolate. So I was like you, Miles. Like I had no, as a kid, like you're being 13, 14, It's like oh, this is how it's always been, right? Um, and yeah, like it came. The NBA was was nobody's first choice, and with CBS, like they yeah, CBS was was legitimately on the brink of getting rid of the NBA because there was a new president, Frank Smith, who took over. And he didn't want anything to do with the NBA. He felt it was a ratings killer. It felt he felt there was no traction there. So he had he had uh, he was talking with his uh, lieutenant uh, Neil Pilsen, who later became the president of CBS Sports, saying that you know I you know we, we got you know I know there's a handshake agreement with with Larry O'Brien, but like we we got to get rid of this. It's 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 holding us down. It's it's not doing anything because again, CBS Sports at that time had just about everything. You know, until right. like, the late '80s, it had basically every major sport. So Smith gives the bad news and, you know, O'Brien is just crestfallen and doesn't understand what's happening. It's it's, he's a because he was told that this was the deal was in place. So mm-hmm. Stern goes to Neil Pilsen, and says, "Neil, can we talk outside for a minute, so Stern and Pilsen go outside. And then David Stern just proceeds to just simultaneously chastise and beg Neil Pilsen to put the NBA back on schedule because Stern knew that without a big three network deal, without that distribution of games, Mm -hmm. the NBA was sunk. So Stern basically just got in Pilsen's face. It was begging him, like, please, you gotta, we have a deal, you're gonna hurt me, you're gonna hurt Larry, just don't do this. So eventually, Pilsen and Stern go back into the office, and miraculously, Pilsen was able to convince Frank Smith to to say, look, you know. By yeah, the way. It does sound like a made-up name, um, uh,
6: Frank Smith. Yeah, Frank Smith. <laughs> now nah, you're Put making that Frank. up.
7: What's the guy's real it does name? Say, yeah, it does. It does sound. I I right. could be wrong because it's been two years since the book came out. But um, <laughs> no, I think
6: you're right.
7: Yeah. But so Pilson says, "Look, you know the NBA, is, We already have the deal. It's going to cost us money to lose the NBA. Let's just ride it out, and and we'll go for it. And that's how. And that's that's how the NBA was able to stay on by like, yeah, by like a breath. And, right. and that just shows you how. Close to the NBA was just being an afterthought in, in in America's sports life, which seems bizarre. Right. Considering we're entering in, you know, we're entering a season where it's going to be nonstop coverage for the next, like, nine months.
6: The detail that got to me was that everybody was pushing for years and finally got them to allow them to do pregame shows mm-hmm. yeah. that would give people context and, yes. And right. other, prior to that, it was just like <laughs> it, you just like s- turn on your TV and like the game starts and there's people like just re- spouting off names. You don't just really last understand. names too. And, right. Yeah. Which reminded me of so, you know, when you're watching ESPN and suddenly like a x games event starts and they're just spouting on and like aren't really explaining mm-hmm. anything and you're like oh that was a half pipe zero six, 90. That's, 720 that's wild niner <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it's a niner
2: in there
7: yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. yeah i love that though tommy boy um yeah 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 you know that's the thing you know a lot of the things we take for granted especially with tv and presentation were birth. In the 70s and 80s, the pregame show, the halftime show, right? You know, the fact that you have announcers that are actually giving depth to the game and providing, you know, insights and, and not just, you know, oh, there's a made basket by Scott Wedman from 15 feet. Right. So, right. It, it, so all these things that we just take for granted right now, like not only did they not exist, they didn't exist for a number of years. And they're only relatively recent inventions. And, and that's the one thing with this book that I, I think why it has a pretty good shelf life. I hope, knock on wood, because, you know, I have, uh, expenses like everybody else, but I, <laughs> but to me, I think the reason for this book and why I think people maybe find some, uh, some use for it or, or, or enjoy it is because it's a reminder of how things were. And it's right. also a reminder that, you know, the game, that there's, that there are precedents and that they're easy to forget where we came from, especially with sports because everything moves so quickly now. Yeah. And it's, and I think we, we really get, we really get an opportunity to say, well, how did this happen? Or, what happened before or anything like that so it's it's so yeah I, I i think this book is um you know that's why i've been talking about this book for about two years now So right one thing
2: that blew my mind was the money for the broadcasting rights mm-hmm. when you compare the dollars can you just tell me it was like 88 million for the nba versus yeah. what for the,
7: just kind of so this was it was crazy yeah right
2: so this is in what 1982 and they're like okay this this is what it's going to cost for you to broadcast the NBA on yeah, television.
7: Yeah, and it was also and it also was considered a lousy deal. And I and I think if, if I remember correctly from my research, it was either a minimal increase from the year before or it was the same contract that was repeated. <laughs> That's how little credence the NBA had. Right. And meanwhile, the NFL at that time, amongst all of its network partners, was, was had like a billion dollar deal. And now, you know, eight eighty eight million is nothing. So again, these are all relatively recent adjustments i mean even the nba's foray into big-time primetime television that only really started in like 1990 1991 so yeah it's just when you think about where the nba started and what it is now i mean it's really incredible by all accounts the nba really shouldn't be where it is today but it's just you know it's it's david stern and uh a number of really hard-working employees and folks in television who made it made it happen
6: what are some of the wildest stories that you uncovered while kind of researching and interviewing for the book
7: oh man i mean i'm trying to think of one that didn't make the book and there were a couple of off the record comments and a couple of um
6: <laughs> yeah anything illegal or anything <laughs> just to throw I, that out i wish i tried i mean that's that's
7: the that's the goal you try and find you know you try and find every you look under every nook and cranny and see what you can find i mean the wildest story to me, oh boy. I'm trying to think if there's a wild story. I mean, Miles brought it up with, with the with the Neil Pilsen David Stern anecdote. That's something I never heard of. And that's where yeah. it that just blows my mind. That like yeah. a major executive is begging for, for television covers, like begging to be to be put on the air. That was a yeah. pretty good one. I'm trying to think I mean the one story that re- that I that comes to mind is with David Stern is Arlene Weltman, who was in the NBA offices for a number of years remembers that when Davidson would go on vacation he would he would go on vacation he'd come back and he would have legal pads just crammed with notes with ideas wow. for the league like he wow. never he never stopped it, it's just yeah they're just all these little just nuggets that came out in the reporting and, and in terms of wild you know it's funny i'm gonna i'll probably at one point we'll review the notes and i'll find like five things i wish i'd put in but like what's in the book I think mm. is pretty reflective of what, what I was able to find. But the thing that sticks out the most with the NBA is that it really was like a mom and pop store for so many years, and it yeah. was just like, okay, like you want a job? Great, you have a job. Like it <laughs> yeah. was, it was that easy. What to, do you do, to... kid? I write ad copy. <laughs> Perfect. That's, Welcome yeah, aboard. With, MB, with, with NBA that's what it was. Like right. it was, it was like, oh, like you were you were an intern at CNN. Come on in. Like, hey, like you you <laughs> right. you. Like, I remember there was one, I mean, more than a few people I talked to got the job through, through like a temp agency. Mm-hmm. Like, that's oh, crazy to me. Like, oh, I, I, you know, it's like the temp agency jobs now are like, oh, yeah, you get to you get to work on, you know, you get to work on like a, on an assembly line or work in an office, like in an office part. But yeah, like data yeah,
6: entry. Yeah. yeah,
7: exactly. But here, like, oh, yeah, you want to be a administrative assistant for the NBA. Like, that's that's how one of, of my sources, I think, got her job was like. Have agency? Great. You have secretarial experience? Awesome. Work for the right.
2: NBA. Crazy. Right. All right. Well, let's take a quick break uh, to pick your brain even more because I have a few more questions. I know Jack and I have a few more questions. Uh, and we'll be right back after this with Pete Croato.
0: Did you ever play the over under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DK Hoops only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited.
2: Um, just even hearing like all these stories, right, Pete? I, it's like you realize too, you start off so small, but the one thing that is like the sort of uniting principle for all these people who are working on the league very early on is just passion. Yes. And dedication. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like people who are in a world of people are like, the NBA, I don't know. And these people are like, no, no, no. This is great. You got to watch it. Just give it a little more context. People are going to love it. And what they believed is clearly borne out in what we're witnessing today. Absolutely. Do you think like, that was something that was unique, and because of it, like it, it starting at a place that was felt a little tenuous or unpredictable, helped kind of build into this just sort of like pillar of culture that we have now.
7: That's a great question. I I absolutely think yes. I think I think the fact that you had so many people that were passionate about the NBA and also that were that were passionate about what about David Stern's vision for what the NBA could be, where it could just be this entertainment with interlocking properties all working hand in hand. To produce merchandise, television shows, and a game, stadium entertainment, yeah, there absolutely was that passion, and, and David Stern was the was the zealot of that. He was he was the preacher saying, "Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what we can do. Join along with me for this ride." And it wasn't just with employees; it was also with a, it was also with potential advertisers, where it's like, "Hey, you know, I can We can't do this without you guys. And if if you come with us, like, we will give you our best. We'll work with you to the point you'll never want to leave." But it's funny, like the passion thing too. I've seen that a couple times now with like with more with sports that are trying to, I guess, enter the mainstream. Like esports is big on that. I think you have a lot of people that are just passionate about that. Lacrosse, I think, is starting to kind of get you know get those wheels turning. Uh, the WNBA, I think, is, mm-hmm. is another example of that. But it's funny with the NBA, like that was the one thing talking to people. People loved him because he was so passionate and he led by example. I mean, he was the guy that was just was first and last to leave. And he lived, breathed, and ate NBA. And I think when you have someone who's that inspired and is so willing to be a collaborator,
6: right, and
7: down. wants to foster a family atmosphere, you're gonna you're gonna develop a very very loyal army. And to this day, there are people that love the man, you know, unabashedly.
6: So you cover mainly like the 80s and 90s, like the mm-hmm. rise from the point that we were just talking about, yeah. where. You know, the announcers were like a relatively smaller fellow with a number 10 on his tank top, brings it up, doing a sort of bouncy thing with the ball. This Julius uh, Irving
2: fellow is leaping like a frog.
6: Holy cow, leaps in the air and does a neat little twirly thing with the ball. And it, hot damn, goes in the goes in the hoop. He didn't um, even look at the man he passed the ball to. <laughs> um, but... So you you kind of take us up through the yeah. early '90s, but are there players from that era who you think would have benefited the most from social media, where highlights are clipped and posted within a couple minutes, and then also like where your personality can kind of shine through?
7: Oh yeah, I think it'd be, to me it's Julius Irving. I, I think I think Julius Irving would have been a complete marvel if you had social media. And all of the the distribution that we have today with the NBA and all professional sports, uh, because again, it's funny as time goes on, and I've, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but like when I was growing up, you heard, you know, Julius Irving was sort of talked about the way that I think kids talk about Michael Jordan now, mm-hmm. and but but when I was a kid, it was like, oh, you should have seen Elgin Baylor play, you should have seen Oscar Robertson play, mm-hmm. and those those guys always seemed like mythical figures that were kind of handed down from. Right. you know, from from you know generation to generation,
2: like an oral tradition,
7: almost exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. And Julius Irving is sort is sort of entering that sphere now, and it's not so much because I think it's a couple reasons for that. I think a the highlights aren't as readily. There aren't as many highlights as Jordan had. I mean, yeah. Julius didn't have like a thousand videotapes.
6: I know like six Dr. J plays, but I have yes. those memorized like yes. perfectly. The scoop dunk, <laughs> yeah. the uh, yeah. under <laughs> the basket, like mm-hmm. reverse shot. Right, like right. there, mm-hmm. there are a handful that are you know, I, yeah. I can recall them with photographic precision. But I don't know that much. Like I've never yeah. watched a full game that he played in. Like exactly. I'm exactly. like, I knew
7: he wore Converse and dunked. First. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he had a great mustache. Like, one mm-hmm. of the all-time best mustaches. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I think with with Julius, you know, now he's entering that phase where if you talk to a, I don't know, anybody maybe under the age of 30, and you mentioned Julius Irving, you, yeah. you, you might as well be talking about biblical character. It's like, oh, that, right. it's, oh. But, so I think if you had the the publicity machine, and you had the... Coverage and you had the social media. I think I think Julius Irving would be, would be even more of a of an iconic figure than he is now. But I think the sad part is is that in especially the ABA, like there are so many players now that we don't really we don't really have any highlights of them or very few. Like David Thompson is a good example. You know, he was a guy that was Michael Jordan's hero. And how many David Thompson highlights do you see? You know, how how many George Gervin highlights do you see? I mean, there there aren't there aren't that many. But Yeah. I mean, Julius, to me, is the guy that if he had today's publicity buttressing, he would be he'd be amazing. He would he would be everyone would know who he is.
6: Already great at branding with the name Dr. J. Uh, Perfect. You know, I mean, I I don't know if he came up with that, but he certainly used it well. Although I did look it up and he's not a real doctor. So that might have hurt him because with Internet fact checking. Yeah, he's also in. he's like three yeah. credits short of his doctorate.
2: Yeah, but yeah. we'll uh you know, we'll, we'll 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 let it slide on. We get it. He had his attention split. It happens <laughs> to the best of us for sure. I think, yeah, it's funny that even like when you bring up George Gervin, because when you say that, like that reminds me of one of the first basketball memories I had where my dad seemed like some time traveler. Where mm-hmm, I remember right. one of the all-star games, like the three-point contest, George Gervin comes out, and they're like, George, the Iceman Gervin. And I'm like, Who's this dude who looks like grandpa? And my dad's like, that's George Gervin. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't see, is he in a, a Nike commercial? Because I don't know this man. And But to the combination of hearing my dad be like, wow, it's George Gervin. And then obviously knowing that there was some deference paid at a three-point contest, I'm like, wow, the gaps that I have in my knowledge just because of where I am on the timeline are yeah. like, yeah, they do end up kind of, you know, we, these people sort of vanish. And it's mm-hmm. wild to think that now because of the amount of like footage and content that there is about people, that like we may be getting out of an era where, you know, people are going to be like, Devin George? Who is Devin George? I'm like, he was a Laker. Exactly. And they don't talk about Ex- him much because he didn't have all the highlights,
7: but he was, a, he was an integral part. Exactly. It moves so quickly now. And again, it's getting to the point. I mean, the thing that shocks me is it was a, a few years ago, this may have been like five or six years ago, the ringer ran a story about where they, they quizzed players at the rookie game at the first year of rookie uh, about Michael Jordan and nearly all of them knew him either from space jam or from like the, or from the gear. Right. And, right. It, and it's just, it's, inc- but you're right. But all these, all these guys that are lesser known, they just fall through the cracks. Like, and you know, and it's, it's, and again, I think it's just, it's just a byproduct of how fast things move now and how much stuff we're getting. And that's great. Look, I'm an NBA fan and I will, I'm not, I'm never going to turn down more basketball. Yeah. But the problem is that the, the, the faster you go, the quicker you leave the past behind. And it's just, it's unfortunately, thats it's just, it's a byproduct of, of just how things are now, which is, yeah, which is, which is a bit sad.
6: Yeah. Do you, I mean, we've talked before about the idea that the league is progressive. Like each successive Mm -hmm. generation of players is building their game on top of like what they've seen previous generations Mm -hmm. do. Like, what do you think about the direction the league is headed? Like, did, did you see the clips of, Victor Wembanyama,
7: I'm too old, and I have too little time left to moan about how the game used to be played, or like, (laughs) oh, the 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 purity of the game is being ruined. I don't believe in that because, again, if you go back in history, if you read any books, you know, dunking was once considered outrageous and was an outlaw act. You know, a you know, a behind the back pass was considered sinful. So the game evolves, and I think to me, what I what I what I like to do. When I watch a game, I watch it for fun. Uh, I am mm-hmm. just, I'm escaping into the drama and watching the abilities of men and women do things with a basketball that I can't imagine doing myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's going to break down and just the act itself and just be amazed by that. Like, I, I don't understand people who are always, who just always complain about the way things used to be or, <laughs> or, or, or get tied up in the game being played now. And, and, because A, there, there are flaws and assets to each era of basketball. Every era of basketball has its good things and its bad things. But it's also you're also diminishing just what you're seeing. Like a guy like Joel Embiid should not be playing basketball the way he does. Giannis shouldn't play basketball the way he does. These guys are moving like guards. And they're Mm -hmm. doing things outside with, with dribbling that are amazing. And I think it's just, to me, I love the direction the game is going. And there's always something to appreciate. You know, are there parts of the game that I don't like now? Yeah, of course. But I, if you had told, if you had talked to me 15 years ago, 25 years ago, I would have told you the same thing.
6: Yeah, it's interesting. The that that is something that jumps out to you in your history. Uh, just reading the people, people getting because your history does cover the introduction of the three-point shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people just being like. Well, first it's the dunk shot, and now it's the dang 3 pointer <laughs> yeah. What's next? It's, it's witchcraft, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the charges in the Salem witch trial: yeah, was uh, behind back the passes logo? with uh, oh. dunk shots.
7: Yeah. yeah. Louis Dampier was, uh, was, was, was <laughs> part of the juror. Um, yeah, you know, and that's, and that's the fun part about, about what makes the league so cool is that it is progressive, it does change, you mm. know, and, and, and that's also how you get. You get young fans, but the problem with the, the, there's, there are two sides of that coin. If I can steal heat for the 15 millionth time is that you recruit by changing and by evolving the way the NBA does and basketball in general does you garner new fans all the time, but you also isolate the old school fans, you know, because again, there's, there's constant evolution and the folks that grew up with basketball in the seventies or eighties or nineties get more miffed while you recruit to the, you know, to the kids of today. So I don't know. To me, if you acknowledge the fact that evolution and change is part of the NBA's ethos, you can watch a game without losing your mind. Yeah. I don't know. I can. I I can't speak for everyone else listening, but I I can do
2: it. I think you have to spend a tremendous amount of energy to watch the game evolve and then be like, this is not for me. (laughs) Really? (laughs) 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 Really? Yeah. How? Yeah. (laughs)
7: No I'm way! I've been 30
2: years. The... Yeah, like oh <laughs> god, I, if I have to look at another seven plus gangly guy with a stroke sweeter than I don't know what, yeah, I'm gonna lose
7: it. I don't want to see stuff like that again. Like when I was when I growing up in the '90s, like you never, I never, I, when I was watching, started watching basketball nights, you never saw that. You never saw. I never saw Patrick doing Jack of Three. Maybe right. like, in, in desperation he would.
2: Yeah, but like, and it fact, was like a but, meme if a center made a three. You're like, yeah. You remember that
7: one? That <laughs> Whoa! One <time>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like a top ten sports center play. Right. And and now it's just the fact that this is done and the game, and, and it's just it's normal now. I think it's amazing. I that. I'll never get tired of of a seven foot five dude getting yeah. hitting corner threes. I'll never tire of it. And, and again, not to sound like a, a, a basketball um, uh, apostle here. But the game, the game remains the same. It's still who has more points. It's still yeah. about passing the ball, playing defense. But the change is what makes it so interesting. Because again, like, what's the biggest criticism that baseball has? That it's been the same forever. It's that yeah, they right. never do anything different. It's a, you know, and then when they do, you know, what happens? The the purists lose their minds. Like, oh, a right. runner on second base. What? Oh, Jeez. Oh no. That young man's hat is backwards during <laughs> batting practice. <laughs> <laughs> a bat flip. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And right. I I you know, again like it's the the you know, I know I know for me I think being connected with the NBA and watching it and, and talking about it with, with folks like you, it's keeps me young. It it keeps yeah. me involved. It keeps me, you know, it's it's fun. I, I I don't I don't I don't get people who just are you can appreciate the, the, the good old days and you can appreciate the fifties and sixties. But, you know, it's it's perfectly okay to just... You can you can also appreciate what's happening now. Like, they're not mutually exclusive.
2: Yeah. Acts. I mean, yeah. I think the only person who wouldn't like it is somehow threatened by the idea that, like, the game's <laughs> right. getting better. And in their mind, they're like, no, in my mind, I could have beat Charles Barkley one-on-one <laughs> in
6: 93. But,
2: <laughs> right. Ja, I don't know what I'm gonna... What is this guy? Like, what you th- have to embrace it and enjoy it because, again, that's the root... That's, like, the reason yeah. why we watch sport is to, again, yeah. be inspired by these Acts of athletic performance that we couldn't fathom to do in our own exactly. It's
7: about the new, like it's about it's about seeing something you've never seen before. And 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 John Morant, like that's another great example. And again, it's it's not as if big guys hitting threes always seems to be the 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 point of emphasis that um that wags fall back to. Like oh, they you know a seven foot one should be at the back. But there are so many great smaller players. They get more athletic. They get better.
6: The point right. guards are the people who I'm looking at and being like, man, the league really is progressive because of like how cool like some of these new young point guards are. I mean, Wembenyama, I we, we mentioned Wenbin Yama pretty offhandedly, and I think we've mentioned him once or twice before on the show. But right. for any listeners who don't know, he'll be draft eligible I think next year. Yeah. And about four or five months ago, he was like seven one and now he's seven foot five. And you oh get to watch him get used to his body and yeah. like just be so smooth with it in like real time like it there there are highlights and like game tapes where you watch it and it's like oh man he seems like a seven foot five guy and it's like oh that's because he just woke up seven foot five today <laughs> yeah. right and now and then like three <laughs> games later he it looks it reminded me of when i would like play around on a small basket <laughs> you know, when i was playing in the league <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it reminded me of like you guys remember my career right oh yeah no, but, like when you would play around on like a little like nerf basket when you were a kid and just like the joy of being like oh this is so much easier right. and this is so like could you imagine being this big like that looks like the fun he's having in his seven foot five frame yeah
2: and that evolution again like you're saying like he started off you're like wow that baby deer looks a little wobbly on its legs and then <laughs> right. you're like i think it turned into kevin durant yeah it's like <laughs> wow. two games
7: yeah if you're an nba player at that height in like the 80s and 90s like yeah you're like oh what's george marishan doing yeah right. and you're just a, you're a bench presence and you just you just put your butt in the paint and you block shock you grab rebounds and the fact that the possibilities of the game have expanded where a, where someone that big what their skill set not just being relegated to a mark eaton type or george marishan that, I mean, that's incredible. That's like, what, a 25-year art? Right. I mean, not not that long.
6: I feel like if you were that tall not that long ago, your full-time job was just taking pictures next to phone booths <laughs> for size <laughs> for, like, the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> 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 People were like, wow, damn, look at this.
7: The the short pants are longer <laughs> than the tallest man's pants. When the team went to town, like, the local reporter from the paper would come out there and just be like, yeah someone who's seven foot seven
6: you know it's they can't sleep in a regular bed right So (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. sitting on a bed (laughs) sitting in a car they can't shower it's but it's (laughs) it's again like it's
7: the the nba is i don't know it to me the the storylines and all those things that come out of it it, it's even if you don't like the game even if the game's like "Ah, it's not for me right like seven foot five teenager yeah. And and that arc of 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 him having to adjust to a grown man's league, that's fascinating. I mean, yeah. that, that's a fascinating. I mean, that you can do you can do like a whole, you can do a podcast based on that, just on like you know it's his experiences, idea. what he's doing, what he's learning. It's you know that's, that's yeah. check us out. The on story. Miles, Jack, and Victor got mad. I got
6: mad. Booth. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back to get into the rapid fire round Uh-oh. of questions. Oh boy. Oh, After this.
0: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours.
1: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co/pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com/promos.
3: And we're back, and
6: uh, I do have a correction to issue. I know usually podcasts like wait for <laughs> a week to issue corrections. Nah, we're, uh, we're doing here. live corrections because I honest. was wrong. Apparently, Victor is seven two on his latest chart. I saw seven five somewhere. Um, I think I heard it quoted as seven five. So I'm That's, blaming that project. nameless. That's what we want. Yeah.
2: He stands like he is seven five. Let's yes. be real. You know, yeah,
6: he he projects seven five, but also. He's a tall seven-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of news that we're we're not going to get to because you're so fun to talk about the history of the league with. But I mean, the Cavs got Mitchell. Um. Oh, more love, importantly, love Montrez trade. Harrell is landing in Philly. I think that's the that's the oh, move everyone's talking you're very excited about, about that. Uh, I, love uh, that <laughs> I love that move.
7: Sure. I love that move. I th- I mean, I again, like. This guy was like two years ago. Was like, was he, was he sixth man of the year? Was he in the
6: running yeah. for that? Yeah, he and, was sixth man of the year.
7: And then he just fell off the planet. With and Doc. Like,
6: yeah, now he's back with Doc. So, I mean, but that's all for Ugh. future uh, future episodes. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, but, it's going to uh, be fine. Because be two, fine. we do have to make time for the fastest segment in podcasting. Yes. Uh-huh. It is the Miles and Jack got mad boosties rapid fire to close it out rounds. <laughs> <laughs> of questioning um so yeah miles you want to you want to prep him i mean uh, I, don't. Oh you, I mean
2: what did i did i go first last time or did you go first
6: on the questions
2: yeah i'm trying to. Remember. oh i
6: was just saying like it prep him for how fast it's going to be and how like, <laughs> you know, <nonsense laughs> you're right
2: are. golly i almost forgot <laughs> get ready pete because this is the rapid fire round of questions this is the fastest segment now what we're going to do is we will just posit mm-hmm. a question to you. just okay. react do not think do not give overly wordy answers because we want to just get through as many questions as possible do not tinker with the format please That's the one thing we <laughs> asked. oh
7: boy i should i shouldn't have had that glass of wine five weeks ago um, well yeah. hey. here <laughs> so we go <laughs> uh start the clock <sighs>
6: okay you got um, first or
7: Michael? Well, yeah. what
2: happened last time did i go i, I think you went scissors? first
6: last time But we did uh, rock, paper, scissors. I think you keep beating me in rock, paper, scissors. All right, then let's let's just
2: go for the sake of uh, expedience. Why don't you go first?
6: Okay. Are you sure? Mm, I
2: mean, I unless th- you I feel, feel like, strongly, right. you
6: want me to go. I just don't, I don't want, want to like ruin the flow because you told him the director Yeah, yeah. And then it's no, coming I over
7: it. to all, it. all, all, all I know is that this is this is going to be like the uh, the Stargate in 2001, where the lights are just flashing at me. i yes, just have to hold exactly. back. So that oh, just keep okay. that
6: keep that image in your mind, <laughs> yeah. or the image of a cowboy that just had something run by them really fast in a cartoon, and their head is spinning around yeah. on their head.
7: Uh, start helpful.
6: the clock. Start it. Uh, we're asking all our guests. For a few of their boldest, wildest, most ridiculously irresponsible predictions heading into the upcoming NBA season, uh, what what you got?
7: Uh, let's see. My prediction: I think the I think this is, I think this is the last year for the Lakers as they're as they're constructed. Uh, I cannot see how this continues as it's being assembled. I don't know how Patrick Beverly fits into this. I don't know how Russell Westbrook becomes the number two guy, especially since he's getting older and isn't really much of a past first option. So that that's my prediction. I think, like, you don't make the playoffs, and it, it ends up this year. It's a rebuild wow. after this year.
6: Still in a cartoon universe, Miles has steam shooting out of his ears. My hat uh, blew off
2: and spun into the air.
6: Yeah. Ouch. All right, you know what? Maybe um, we
2: should just stop this. Segment. <laughs> <laughs> Miles kind of is a Lakers out, fan. Answer, you know? um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> this is, whatever. Let's keep it going. Focus, Miles. Um... What are we underrating about the upcoming season? You know, I think there's a lot of rising stars, rising teams. of focus
7: goes somewhere, and then there's a lot of people in the shadows.
2: They're like, hold on,
7: don't forget about them. I'll tell you what, the Bucks. I think people are underrating the Bucks. I mean, look, last year they w- when they faced the Celtics, they didn't have Chris Middleton. That's a huge part of their offense. Helps them spread the floor so that it was it isn't all on Giannis. I, I think that to me, I think the I think a lot of people are really aren't talking about the Bucks. Mm. And I think they're they're a team that I I can see them making the finals again. And I think Giannis yeah. is is just one of those one of those super relentless, super com- competitive dudes that always wants to get better. And I think I think this year I I like to think that they make the finals.
6: Cool. And could we get one take where you talk about how we're underrating the Sixers and just uh, I guess you could keep the Chris Middleton take because the Sixers also didn't have Chris Middleton when they lost last year, <laughs> um, and replace Giannis with Embiid. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh I. So I, I think that's a great take. I'm curious about the Clippers. I think... I don't know. Yeah. I I think last year was a teams with solid chemistry, sit-pat, mm-hmm. bad year for the quote-unquote super teams. I feel like we might be underrating what happens to these Clippers when Kawhi and George are back and healthy. Um, and just, I don't know, three years ago, we we were watching... Of Kawhi earlier this week, and uh it got me excited. That, should that man is a force.
2: You know what, Jack? You gotta really stop that. I'm sorry, this is a really rapid fire segment, so we can't just kind of oh, okay. you know spin our wheels. I was, wheels. Say, I was, about I was expecting
6: like I was expecting
7: like to have bullets on my head here. This is very like this is almost leisurely. Um <laughs> so, I don't
2: know. Oh uh, uh, wait, about. hold on. This, this is going really fast. I don't know about you. <laughs> this is actually don't, our, don't our fastest slander. rapid fire segment. <laughs> yeah, of all time. Hold on. Yeah, well, check the clock. Okay, next question. Pete. You
7: cannot select Luca or Ja. Let me get mm-hmm. your best bet for MVP this year. Joel Embiid. I think I Boom. think Joel. I think yeah! Joel wins it. I think Joel wins it this year. I like to think that the Harden Maxi Embiid triad is going to work. I like to think that Harden is at the bosco Robertson in Milwaukee part of his career. Okay, we be mm. more of a playmaker and a third option on the offense. And Maxi is sort of Ooh. the Bob Dandridge, young legs, you know, mm-hmm. do it all guy, kind of guy. And I just. I love Embiid. I love Embiid. I, I, he's probably my favorite player uh, because wow. I'm sort of a closet
6: Sixers fan. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. He's got hard so, eyes. So wow. Joel
7: Embi- Joel, so, Joel, I think Joel wins the MVP this year.
6: Amazing. I, I love this. I love how this segment is going. Uh, yeah. Do you Miles and so? <laughs> Why don't we right just keep now, it going? The, hey, the this is rapid fire, man. And this is just you and me talking now because Jabari and Miles have chosen to end the uh recording. But well, look, the Lakers, l- l- l-
7: the Lakers still have the best uniforms in the NBA. And look, I think LeBron is going to have another monster season. I just don't see how that team makes the playoffs.
6: But look, yeah, I'm a, I get it. look,
7: I'm a moron in my basement wearing a a, a one dollar Cole shirt. So, like, take my advice for whatever it's worth.
6: (laughs) Yeah. So, there you go, Miles. You guys look cute. That's That's cool.
2: That's cool. What's that shirt you're wiping your tears off with? (laughs) It's the Lakers (laughs) jersey. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of uh, predictions, what's more likely to happen? The Mm -hmm. New York Knicks make the playoffs or the Nets Mm -hmm. win the Eastern Conference?
7: (laughs) Nets win the Eastern Conference. Well, look, they're... Hold on, sorry about that. That's the Knicks calling.
6: That's yeah. uh, <laughs> Coach Tibb on the line. Yeah. I, I'm
7: not the starting forward for the for the Knicks. I got a, a three year, forty five million dollar contract. <laughs> nice. So, uh, no, um, I, I feel that with my soul. That's how. That's how confidently I'm saying that. All right.
6: Um, and final question. Yes. Uh, and this is important. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jack or Mike?
7: I'm Jack. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Coach I, I, I know. Okay. I know. Yeah, We'd yeah, be talking yeah. for an hour. I kind of know Should how it be. goes. Man, it's like that's like, like asking me to choose, you know, if there's a fire if I save my wife or my daughter. I I can't right. answer that question. Yeah. Um, how you want to answer um, I'll, I'll tell you what, do I have a coin? Hold <laughs> on. You know what? Here's what wow, I'm gonna do. we're going to a coin flip in true, you know what, in you true rapid
6: fire uh, Yellow, fashion. A long pause while he looks I, for a coin. I'm gonna I have
7: a, <laughs> a pack of clear ninety one basketball cards. Amazing. That I that's Which a wax pack too. I could hear it. Yeah, yeah. So we, lower here let's let me get a player here. Okay, I have a. all right. I have a Danny Ferry. Cavs card,
6: okay. Come on,
2: Danny. if it
7: lands, picture up. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Miles. If it lands, stats. I go stats
6: guy. Yeah, yeah.
7: Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Face up. Yes. Uh, I knew
2: that Pete had some great insights.
6: Uh huh. You know. I guess I need to get a jack hat. I mean, the, the <laughs> desperation of wearing a hat with your name on it when we're going to, I mean, come on, Look, man. You know, I didn't Listen.
7: even notice that. You have your
6: you yeah, hold on. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. You didn't, uh, you might not have realized you noticed it, but it's see, your answer it's clearly proved see, this, that see, you see, were see, guys, guys,
7: this was, it's called Focus, yeah. and I'm mm-hmm. focusing on being a good podcast host. I'm yeah, focusing yeah. on, yeah. I'm focusing on uh, the rapid fire, which was more like a leisurely stroll, uh huh. Whoa. So th- I'm just being a, a good, committed guest.
6: Yeah. So- it sounds like your answer would be neither Jack nor Miles. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Based on that. Oh, yeah. man. Well, Pete, thank you so much for joining us uh, from hang time to prime time. Check it out wherever you get your books. Uh, where can people find you and follow you, check you out and hear you, whatever, all that stuff?
7: Yeah. I mean, uh, Twitter is pretty much where I hang out. That's where. I, that's where it's kind of my water cooler. And that's where I post a lot of my articles and musings and stuff. So yeah, uh, at Pete Croato, P-E-T-E-C-R-O-A, two T's as in Thomas O, at Pete Croato. That's pretty much where you can find everything. That's like kind of my home base. I hope to have a website soon, but I've been saying that since like the late 90s. Uh, But until then, until then, uh, at Pete Croato is the best bet. And yeah, the book is still available pretty much every major bookstore, online, brick and mortar, what have you. So yeah.
6: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. And that's been another episode of Miles and Jack got
7: Got mad. Mad
4: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.